Thanks for tuning in to Blokes of Wrestling on the Let's Get Ready Network, brother. On this network, we talk about all the things you love, like movies, TV, sports, professional wrestling, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR Network. And please, leave a rating and review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. Brother, brother.
going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dropkicks. You're here on Saturday, uh, as we usually are, at twitch.tv slash LGR Network. And joining me back again uh, for the first time in what feels like a little bit here uh, is Tyler Johnson. How are you doing today, man? Doing good. Yourself? Good, good. Uh, doing well, doing well. Uh, trying to keep up with all the uh, the news that we got going on today. We got a couple big things that we can sort of get into here. Um, there there have been some some drama. There's been a lot of drama over the last couple days here in the wrestling world, and uh, or actually over the last week. <clears throat> and um, I know you wanted to kind of talk about the G1 a little bit, which yeah, certainly ended in a pretty dramatic, unfortunate fashion. Uh, with Kota Bushi injuring himself, uh, the the missed what was that like a missed uh, freaking uh, well shooting splash star shooting star or whatever off the top rope that he landed on his uh, his arm looked like apparently he's done this before in a like a best of super junior final you know, a few years ago so it's not the first time this injury has happened which really sucks for Bushi who like couldn't have more bad luck this year with all the shit that's gone down but um it was a it was a yeah, he just got back from from a pretty nasty sickness that was uh, not uh, COVID related. It was like a pneumonia, I think. Um, so that was an unfortunate uh, sort of end there. But Okada did pick up the win, uh, so we have Kazuchika Okada going to the, the Tokyo Dome, theoretically at main event. Uh, um, yeah, I think those are motorcycles going by my my house. If you hear any noise in the background, um, but uh, you know it, it was unfortunate, and I hope that they do have a rematch. And being that there's two nights at the Tokyo Dome, there's a, a possibility that maybe Obushi, um, if he's well enough, gets a, a, a rematch for that that title on night two. If you're going to get Okada and Shingo night one, so maybe something there, uh, or later on down the line, to consider, you know, depending on how how long it takes for him to sort of heal, but. Uh, yeah, I think the other big thing to come out of that G1 was the return of Katsuyori Shibata, which is, like, super exciting for a lot of us in the wrestling world. Uh, and, uh, yeah, de- definitely here I agree with Vernon. Injuries ruin the best runs sometimes. But um, recovering from injury and potentially looking like he might be cleared here is, is Shibata and possibly going up against, uh, you know, somebody like Brian Danielson in the future would be awesome considering they both have, like, similar histories and everything. Uh, he returned. He had an exhibition match, five-minute uh, UCF rules or whatever it's called uh, against uh, Zack Sabre Jr., which was just awesome. Five minutes of just pure grappling. Definitely go and check that match out if you if you haven't uh, gotten around to it. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, definitely an eventful end of the G1. I know I, I struggled to sort of keep up with it this year. It wasn't, like, in the priority list with all the great, like, AEW stuff going on and everything, GCW. But, uh, yeah, what are your some of your thoughts on, on this uh G1 here, Tyler. Shibata returning, absolutely awesome. And the match is pretty much probably what he does every day in, in, in the training. Right, in the gym. <laughs> with all the students. Yeah. Uh, he said he's going to, next time he's going to actually compete. Um, hopefully he can. Um, do you remember East, uh, Kurt Angle's ECW run? <laughs> this is very yeah, a little bit, but yeah. Continue. At that point, he had pretty much like completely retired, but then he claimed he had like this brand new style, and he went from WWE right. to the, the the secondary ECW, the one I talk a lot of shit about. But yeah. this is this was a good story. Um, so he was he was just destroying jobbers with like just this 
intense, most intense Kurt Angle we'd ever seen. Maybe we could see something like that from Shibata. And it wasn't the end of Kurt Angle either, because after that run, he just kept doing crazy shit to Kurt Angle. I would love a Shibata match like every other week or something on New Japan Strong where he just murders a, a, a young lion in two minutes. That would be super entertaining. Similar to what you were kind of talking about. I know he's more there to sort of train those kids and put them over. But, like, I don't know. That would just be, be pretty entertaining to watch. The, but, the thing yeah. is, eventually, though, he's going to push himself a little bit more and a little bit more. Then before we know it, he'll be like, I want to enter the G1. I'm in the G1. Daniel. 2022 or 23, yeah, that's all entirely possible as well. But, uh, yeah, that's good stuff there with Shibata's return. It's super, super exciting for, for pro wrestling fans, especially fans of New Japan. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah. Event. As for that main event, who do you think was supposed to win? Because I, I actually – yeah, I actually think Ibushi was supposed to win. I was thinking I, he – yeah, I, th- I think he very well – because of just kind of like the way the booking has been over the last few years, this was like a historic fourth uh, appearance in a row in the G1 final, and nobody's ever won it three times in a row. And I feel like with Ibushi, they're really pushing him. Like that was he signed this like lifetime contract with New Japan a few years ago, so like you expect them to be giving him a pretty big push uh, ultimately. So I, I feel like he was probably supposed to to win the G1 here, whether or not he was going to win the belt at, at uh, Wrestle Kingdom in January. I don't know. Um, I would presume maybe not considering if what, if they're going to do something with Osprey there, like who's the real new Japan champion. We've sort of speculated on that. So I don't really know, but I do feel like, you know, he was supposed to win, but I'm cool with it being Okada. You know, if you're going to have a, a good fallback option, Okada's a great, you know, reliable. Uh, he's always going to put on a really, really good match, no matter who it's against, uh, even like Iyano or somebody. Uh, so, I, yeah, I'm definitely thinking along those lines, but I, I'm not so sure. What about you? Oh, and his internet's gone. Um, okay, well, while we wait for Tyler to get back here, um, we can kind of move on. I know he's his internet's like uh, a little bit on the fritz, so um, we'll just kind of wait for that. I know he's He's had some issues with it, so um, well, as is, as is doing these shows in the in the uh, this current era that we're in. But I do think he did say that he he also thought um, that Abushi was was going to win that match. So um, yeah, those are sort of your New Japan G1 update here. Um, but the other big thing about that is that Okada is advertised to be coming into the states. So November thirteenth, which is actually the same night as. Uh, AEW's full gear pay-per-view, Okada will be competing at a New Japan Strong taping. So that begs the question, is there a possibility of him maybe coming in uh, to AEW like after that pay-per-view? Um, and uh, Tyler, we're just, I was just kind of talking about, I, I told everybody your internet's a, a little uh, shaky today, but um, Okada's coming into the States and he will be wrestling this New Japan show, which is the same time as Full Gear, so don't expect him to show up at Full Gear. It's in completely different parts of the country. But maybe the Wednesday after Full Gear, coming in and, and wrestling somebody in AEW, like, man, how awesome would an Okada versus Brian Danielson match be? I mean, they just throw Brian Danielson in all these dream match situations, but you never know. What, what do you think? you think we might see Okada in AEW? Yeah, at some point. I don't think you can just throw away a dream match with him, though, in the same way you can Minoru Suzuki. 
um, as much as I love. You think that should be on? It should be on pay per view. Is kind of what you're saying. I mean, they could made it could main event a dynamite, I suppose, but I I would definitely get that argument. Like you may want to do it on one of the bigger shows. I, I will say, however, that you have oh here on November. They're gonna want thirty minutes for a card of Brian Danielson. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I will say though that we have the full gear pay-per-view in November, but then they usually do a big show in December. Remember they had like last year sting debuted and Kenny Omega won the title and they had this like massive show in December. So maybe you could do a, an Okada Danielson or Okada Omega, whoever on that show that that could fit. But um, I definitely agree with you that it should be in a high stake situation, either like on one of these big shows or on pay-per-view. Cause I mean, that's a massive dream match. And, like, Suzuki's one thing, like, you know, people know who Suzuki is, but Okada is, like, the New Japan guy. Never mind. I mean, the history with Omega and everything. So, um, yeah, so let, let's kind of move on here, uh, shift, shift the conversation over towards <laughs> a completely different uh, universe, if you would. Um, there was some big WWE shit that went down on uh, SmackDown last night. Uh, I don't know if you saw this uh, belt exchange that they did. Yeah, I'm calling it a belt exchange because they're fucking belts, Vince. They're not titles or whatever, or championships, whatever you want to call them. Um, but the report that uh, the reports there have been multiple the, reports that have come out. Oh, that's the sorry. Go ahead. Did you hear yeah. the, the the shorter story that Tony cut uh, from a few weeks ago that Tony Khan told Excalibur to call them belts? Yes, I did hear that. Yes, apparently because that's it, what they are. They're he tried belts. To correct himself. He's like, he hit it with the belt. I mean, the championship. The, the, the belts. Yeah. Oh, he's like, you can say belt. You can it's say the belt. word belt because it's what it is. Damn it. Um, but yes, we did have some belts being thrown around literally last night. Um, apparently, the the way that the segment was booked by Vince and Pritchard and whoever else, Laurinaitis, I guess, is a lot been taking a lot of the the shit here as well but i guess the idea was that they okay they booked themselves into a corner because of the stupid fucking draft slash brand split that they do every year where they okay who are we going to switch this year we'll switch the women's champs so becky's on raw uh charlotte's on smackdown vice versa now they're now they're on the separate band brands and they have to switch so originally the idea <clears throat> that was booked was that Charlotte Flair was going to come out. They, she was going to pass the title over to Becky. Becky was going to take the title and put a promo and do the whole, like, I'm Becky Two Belts babyface thing, or <laughs> whatever. I'm Becky Two Belts. Uh, I'm This is now my belt. And then uh, Sonya Deville forces her to give it back. No matter what, which way you look at it, this angle is so stupid, but it's them booking themselves into a corner like they usually do here. So Charlotte did not like that idea and took matters into her own hands. And, and uh, another shoot occurred here where she uh, took the title. And I, I watched the segment. I hardly ever watch WWE anymore, but I watched this segment uh, today on Twitter. And she just tosses the belt, tosses it. And you can see, like, both Becky and Sonya were like, you pick that up, young lady. You pick that up, damn it. And this was like fucking two two babies fighting over their toys here in this segment. That was the first thing I I thought of was like they're trying to trying to push the no you can't have my belt kind of thing. Oh, it's just the the absolute worst. And it, and it ends with the two of them like basically 
fighting over the belts, but eventually they, they split. I don't even know. Like, who, who the fuck knows? But basically the aftermath from what I've been reading online is that Charlotte Flair now has some serious heat for pulling this off because I guess there was then a confrontation between her and Becky backstage after this went down, and they had this fight at round grill position, and then Charlotte took off after that. Uh, and Vince was apparently not happy that Charlotte took off instead of having a discussion with him because apparently Becky had a discussion with him, but it just, what a mess. And eventually ended with uh, Charlotte Flair literally being escorted out of the building by security. So she's in some pretty serious heat right now. And I guess this all kind of stemmed back from her arguing that, she, that Bianca, Bell, Bianca Belair should have beaten her clean on Monday Night Raw last week and win the title which a lot of people were saying was the thing to do, but they had to do this stupid fucking DQ finish. So now you have Charlotte Flair is still as champ and an angry Vince McMahon and an angry WWE and uh, everybody's in bad terms. And apparently uh, Charlotte Flair is now like, fuck you all. I'm going to go support my husband. And she's in Miami uh, tonight for, for AEW. Uh, so you may see a Charlotte Flair uh, ringside. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. She probably won't be ringside. She'll probably be backstage. But, man, what a fucking mess. What a mess. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's the report. My thoughts on it are that it's um, it's a total disaster. And I believe that Charlotte Flair, uh, once her contract expires, which is apparently pretty soon, will be one of the mass, most massive sightings, signings that AEW has ever done. and give that women's division, which I think has been given that jolt that we wanted for a little bit, but given an ever bigger jolt and even massive star in the form of Charlotte Flair, who I hope they don't just bring in and gift her the title. And I don't think they will because it's AEW. I think that she's going to build, they're going to build her up to it. So that's what I got. What about you, Tyler? WWE is always best when things go wrong. <laughs> yeah. You're like, not wrong. Is that You're a controversial wrong. statement? I mean, I don't like that things go. I mean, there are certain things that go wrong that are terrible, but just in general, so many little things like like uh, Bray Wyatt getting the mumps years ago and then giving us that amazing AJ Styles Finn Balor match. Right, right. The Demon versus AJ Styles was originally supposed to be the Demon. Versus Bray Wyatt in drag as Sister Abigail. How horrible that might have been. Instead, we got like a probably four and a half star match between the Demon and Styles on whatever the fuck that pay per view was. Extreme Rules or yeah. Tables, Ladders, and Chairs is one of those. I think it was Extreme Rules. I, I don't know. I think it was Extreme Rules. It and been Foley extreme going through rules. the top of the cage. Like the top of the cage breaking and him go falling down to the ring. Right. It was not supposed to happen. Mm mm. So you're saying a lot, a lot of the best, yeah, all the best stuff that we've gotten with WWE over the years, a lot of it has been uh, unplanned or a shoot, so to say. The pipe bomb from CM Punk. Yep, went differently as it was originally intended. Yeah, so craziness, craziness there. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan here also saying Charlotte should go to AEW. WWE is a joke with their booking. Yeah, what do you, what do you think? Do you think? Uh, what do you think of Charlotte Flair and AEW? That's that's the big question here because I know a lot of fans, or maybe not a lot, but I know some fans are probably like, no, I don't want her anywhere anywhere near 
uh, AEW. But I mean, one way to like really put the the women's division in the spotlight. Nothing against like Britt Baker or Jade Cargill or whoever, but I don't know, man. I'm I'm down. And he's gone. That's what he thinks, everybody. Uh, Tyler does not like the idea of Charlotte Flair in AEW because he just he just ditched us. Um, but no, we'll get we'll get his thoughts when he comes back. I know he's having some connection Quick. issues, but there, that was easy. Uh, well, what, what do you think, Charlotte Flair and AW? Yes or no? I'm fine with it. I guess it's Charlotte. Yeah. I was actually thinking the other day. I really want one of these days for one of the four horse ex four horse women to leave WWE and show up in yeah. Shayna Baszler. Huge. Shayna Baszler. That's my. I was thinking the original NXT four horse women, not the. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Like a, a I, Sasha, or a Charlotte, or a Bailey. Yeah, I, yeah. I was personally thinking I would love to see Bailey in AEW. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Give, Charlotte, give her a total total gimmick overhaul. She'd be awesome. As long as Charlotte isn't um, overbooked. Yeah. Like I don't want her dominating the entire division when we got people like Britt Baker that yeah. are stars in the making. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I, you know, I think a lot, Charlotte gets a lot of shit, but a lot of that is like WWE shoving her down our throats like they would if, with like a Roman Reigns or somebody. But if they had Bailey or Sasha, I feel like it, or Becky, I feel like it would be less shoved down our throats. Probably not yeah, Becky. But I, she's with Seth Rollins and he's a company guy. I don't think sure. she's going anywhere, but Bailey. No, I don't think so either. Bailey or Sasha, I could see leaving someday. What are they yeah, doing I with think... Bailey? Just having her make fun of Michael Cole all the time? Like, she, I don't know. Yeah, I would like hilarious. to see any of them in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, I, but... I feel like, um, I don't know if I can speak on this. And it's just I don't know about Sasha, but I feel like with both Bailey and Charlotte, they're both very unhappy in the company. Just from the, like reports that I've read, uh, especially Charlotte. Like everything I'm hear, hearing recently, Charlotte is just fed up with with Vince and all the bullshit and wants out. She's been pushed to the moon. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I, see a giant diva in AEW. And the other thing that would be hilarious is like I feel like they've been building her up over the years to like break her father's record. What if she now just doesn't? <laughs> Goes to AEW instead, you know? That'd be hilarious. AW, but think you did. AEW would count her NXT wins, her WWE wins, and her AEW women's She would title. get her. She would break the record in AEW. <laughs> She'd break the – yeah, Ashley Flair would be yes. would break Ric Flair's record. Good point. They that she'd probably, they would Ashley. Ashley. They go back to the old, so she doesn't have to win the belt a million times. They yeah. would just count all of her world wins. <laughs> because that's what they did with Ric Flair. Rick, all of Ric Flair's title right. wins. It's the WWF title, the WWE title, the NWA yep. title, the NWA North American title. Yeah. Fucker's, fucker's so. title is the most. Why not? John Cena is the most WWE winning champion of all time already. Yes. Like, that's. Doesn't have to beat Ric Flair. He's already done it. Right. He's won the WWE title sixteen times or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think I think Charlotte. I can't believe I'm saying this. I think Charlotte and AEW would be great. Like, <laughs> especially if they don't they don't overbook her. Like you were saying. Like, okay. Ideally, she comes in. It's similar like Brian Danielson, where okay, let's say Thunder Rosa is the champion by that point. 
put her in there with Thunder Rosa, have them have a great match, go with 30 minute time limit draw, you know, or don't even do that. Have Thunder Rosa just beat her. Have her cut. You can have her come in and challenge for the world title because she's fucking Charlotte Flair, but she could just lose the Thunder Rosa and put her over. Like, I feel like that would be a good way to do it. So, yeah, Ryan here is, is backs you up there with that point. 16-time world champion, not just in WWE. She can break it in any company. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a really good point. So, uh, we'll see how things pan out over the next few months. But, uh, I mean, her husband's over there. Uh, and it seems like she's fed up with WWE, so I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they made some big, big signings, but I feel like there has yet to be that big women signing. You know, like Thunder Rosa was a good one. I, I gotta say, that was a pretty. That's probably their biggest so far. Yeah, but, I didn't know who she was until they signed her. Well, I yeah, kind of knew who she but, was from teaming with um, what was her old tag team partner? Holly, Holly, dead? Holly, Holly dead. Holly dead. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I didn't realize that she was, like, separate from that gimmick. Yeah. I saw her in AEW, and I was like, oh, Thunder Rosa, she's she's pretty, she's way more awesome than I originally thought. Yeah, yeah, she she's great. She was crazy. She's, like, I think she's, like, 34, 35 years old. She's only been wrestling for seven years of her career. I think she was M- a little MMA before that or whatnot. So that she's sense. fucking good already. Like, it, it, what an incredible in-ring talent. And uh, she's. I, I noticed wrestlers who can do actual combat sports get it. Yeah. Get wrestling fast. Get it. Yeah, Kurt Angle naturally. Was, had the best, like, first rookie year ever. I think that's yeah. very hard for people to argue with me. I think Kurt Angle had the best rookie year of any professional wrestler. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of Thunder Rosa, and we can kind of get into it here and talk about uh, AW Rampage from last night, but uh, they did announce this bracket. Um, which <laughs> it's just kind of interesting. Like I was bitching about the last women's tournament, the last couple women's tournaments that they've had. I thought the booking was a little bit messy at times. And just looking at this initially, I'm like, yeah, okay. There's some, there's some cool matchups in there. Um, why obviously the one that's five. <laughs> what's that? I just look at it like, why are there so many buys in this tournament? Yeah. Like what, what is the deal with all these ladies getting, Buys, especially Chris Statlander, who I thought just lost to Rick Baker. So it's weird that she's it's getting a, a buy. Are those are the top four ranks. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. Those are the top four ranks. Yeah, that that's all it is. Because like otherwise, why the fuck do you have Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida <laughs> in the first round? Like that's my biggest complaint. Like that should have been something that they built up to. You know, you could have you could have had them on separate sides of the bracket and then meet in like a quarterfinal or semifinal. So. Not a huge fan of that, but I do see a couple other names that stuck out to yeah, me. Yeah, I, I don't even I, after what happened after what set up that feud. I'm not a fan of that next match being part of a tournament when it should be. A yeah, I agree. I don't think either of them should even be in the tournament. I think that should be a separate feud. Did Hikaru Shida ever get her fifth? Her uh, her fiftieth? No, win? no, she did not. So they should not be booking that instead. No, nope. No, she's been like it. she's been off off all all screens since that <coughs> loss. Oh, it'd be Tyler, great. On one hand, she's gonna sell it, but like, I, Deeb, but she's not gonna lose to Deeb. Here. No, I think I think she'll beat Deeb here and then uh, probably lose to Nyla Rose, which is gonna suck. But um, I I would say that um, there are a couple names that stick out to me here. Uh, I, I even before this bracket was announced, I was like 
the thing that makes the most sense here is Gene Cargill versus Ruby Soho in the finals. And I would say I'm still going to probably stick with that prediction, just looking at the different sides of the bracket. I think Thunder Rosa will eventually lose to Jade. I think that um, Ruby Soho will beat everybody over there. We'll have a tough battle with Nyla Rose, but will eventually uh, overcome the the heels here. And I actually think that uh, I got Ruby Soho winning this entire thing. But um, you, you have any other sort of thoughts on this, Tyler? Like somebody, you have any a different pick for who you think might might win this? It's a lot of names awesome, up there. Do you actually win it? But I don't think that's going to happen. It'll probably be, is it, it'll probably be Ruby Soho and Thunder Rosa in the main event, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to predict. I don't really, I'm not crazy about it. <laughs> just initially, there's a couple matches in there where I'm just like, eh, I'm not. Like Penelope Ford and Ruby Soho, like, eh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Bunny and Red Velvet, eh. Like, Anna, Anna Jay and Jamie Hayter is interesting. That's the way I'm looking I, at I'm this. Is none of the first round matters except for Penelope Ford and Ruby Soho. Because sure. in the second round, I think that everybody who gets a bye is winning except for Chris Statlander. Chris Statlander, yes. Soho. I agree with you there. That's that's how I'm looking at it as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. Um. Yeah, so we'll kind of kind of see as we go along here, but um, yeah, where's the? Uh, I want to pull up Ryan's comment here real quick. Uh, Flair coming in, get Matt Dream matches against Deeb, Sheeta, uh, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, uh, Ruby Soho. It's another name I'd throw in there. Uh, Anna Jay. Those all sound like awesome fucking matches to me. Ty Conchi. Jeez, how am I forgetting Ty Conchi? I guess Ty Conchi's not in this tournament, so most likely she's getting the title shot at, against Britt at uh, full gear. But yeah, I like I like those ideas. I like those ideas. Charlotte Flair versus Maki Ito. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but yeah, we can uh, we can kind of get into it here and talk about uh, last night's AW Rampage, which I thought was another excellent show. Um, what are your overall thoughts on on this one? Was it as good as last week's? That's my, my first question. No, last week's was insane. This is no, good, not, but it wasn't like quite. I'll tell you what. I just watched that. I'll, I'll get to it when we get to it. But I, I, I watched the main event three times. Really? <laughs> yeah, I watched it three times because. Oh my god! People were saying it was good, as good as Brian Danielson versus Omega. And it was. <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think it was. I think it was. It was I think it was, it was almost there. I okay, maybe not as good, but it came close. I thought both that match and I thought the Brian Anderson Minoru Suzuki match uh, were nearly nearly as good as Kenny Omega and um and Brian Anderson. But that's just my opinion. Uh, and uh, look, look, this is getting better as we go along here. He cuts out, then he immediately comes back. So. Um, yeah, so, okay, so you're saying not quite as good, but almost as good. I mean, it's a fantastic match. Yeah. But I don't think it was an amazing, like, for me, that's how Andrade is. He always has amazing matches, but he never has, like, must-see, tell-your-friends-that-he-had-a-match match match, to me. What about the match against uh, Johnny Gargano? You wouldn't wouldn't put that one up there? Because I would. 
I would say that's a, it, an all time classic. As good as, as it, is it as good as Gargano and Cole or Gargano and no. no, it's not. But it's like the third best out of those three matches. Right? So that's right. kind of what you're saying. You're like, Andrade's really fucking good, but he hasn't really had that match that could be put in like an all timer list. He always has like the second or third best match. Yeah. Right? Me. I mean, yeah. Like I, 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 I watched this match three times in a row. I do not. I even went back and watched the one from three weeks ago to compare the two. Oh, okay. Yep. This one was better. It was. I gotta say this. This match was probably better than their first match. But I, one thing I really liked is they took turns DDTing themselves on the. Yeah, uh, the apron. <laughs> on the yeah. I love that spot, man. This this match had some. Some crazy, crazy spots in it. I, I will say that, okay, if we compare the two again, I watched Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega like three times okay. in the, the span of a day. I have not like, seen that I since watched it, saw it live. Okay, because I, I watched that live, and then like immediately the next day I watched it again, and then that evening I watched it again, and then I think that weekend I might have watched it a fourth time. So that's interesting. That's interesting. The, the matches that you watch more, more than once, you maybe – are are trying to see if it's as good as everybody's saying. Yeah. Whereas a match that's like clearly an all timer, I will go back and watch like three or four times. Well, I I need to, <laughs> I, need, I need to go back because I'm just like, what am I missing? Like this is a great match, but yeah. like, what about this is so amazing that it's better than Brian Danielson versus Omega? Because to me, that was my match of the year. Yeah, that's right. Well. Two years. Um, it was. Probably the best match since fucking TakeOver uh, New York. Cole and Gargano, yeah. Mm. I, would, I would say that as well. I mean, there's Walt, Walter and uh, Dragunov that, that I would throw in that mix as well. But I do think there I mean, there might be a little bit of an attendance bias thing here. Uh, it's, a, it's a whole different experience being there live than, than watching it on your TV. So It might be. But the one thing I know is being there live, there was not a soul in their fucking seat for Omega. No. Ryan but the entire match, the entire 30 minutes, there was like two minutes in the middle where some people sat down. And some people were definitely sitting down for uh, Andrade for and, and Pop. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm making my judgment. I get that. Yeah, I get that. Um, it was still a really, really good match. And we're kind of talking about the main event first as, and working our way back here. But um, and I don't, I don't, that's fine. It's a short show. This is not a big, big nitpick for me because I, I really like these kind of matches. I don't feel like there's as much selling between these two. They're just doing lots of moves and being super quick. And it's it's awesome. like New, New Japan in that way. It's awesome, but I, I feel like there's a little more selling in like, the Kenny Omega. And Kenny Omega gets blamed for not selling often, but I feel like there was more selling in that match. Yeah. Am I crazy? I might just be nuts. I think that the Danielson and Omega match is just your personal favorite out of those three that we talked about. Yeah. So Because this match was fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Although I don't I think really I'll, like the roll-up yeah. pin ending. Um, and this is 50-50 booking. Like, this is AEW doing 50-50 booking as much as we hate it. I guess it's not always bad. <laughs> right, right. Because they don't do it all the time. They yeah, do it, like, like, once in a while when they need to, like in one of these types of situations. When do you see a fucking rematch in AEW? Fucking never. Hardly ever, yeah. I, I, there's a couple that I can think of recently. So there's this one, and there's Cody and Malachi Black, which they did 
actually used the end of this match to set up that match, which I find very interesting. Like the, the rematches that we have had are are in that kind of you kind of compare them that way. Also, but, Mega Moxley, but every time they fought, they changed the yeah. Right, and the three matches were like over the course of like two years, where yeah. in this case it's like over the course of a month or two. Yeah. So, uh, what? But I'm fine with it. Both both situations, I'm fine with it. I mean, we could talk about the. Well, I, got, I got a good. Let, let's 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 wait on the ending because I got a good segue. Okay. All right. Speaking All right. of rematches, let's talk about Orange Cassidy versus versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs. The, the opener that we got on this show. Uh, which I thought was a very fun match, I will say. Uh, this was a great way to kind of kick off the show. Um, and if you've been to one of these AEW tapings, it's like they do Dynamite for two hours, and then there's almost like a reset. There's like a 10, 15-minute intermission, and they also, it's almost like, okay, second show. So it does feel like a separate show almost. So even though this was taped after Dynamite last week, it did, did feel very fresh. Like, okay, we had the opener on Dynamite, and now this is the opener for Rampage. You know, for, for New York, for example, we had Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson to start off the show. And then CM Punk and uh, Powerhouse Hobbs again to kind of kick off the second show. So it did feel like, okay, this is another opener. And I think this is the case here as well between Orange Cassidy and Powerhouse Hobbs. I absolutely loved that they reminded us of Powerhouse Hobbs' debut in AEW where he lost to Orange Cassidy with a uh, orange punch in 12 seconds. And yeah, then here they didn't, I was going to. Yeah. And then they almost, <laughs> right, I would have on the show, but then they flipped it almost. And, and uh, powerhouse Hobbs nearly beat orange Cassidy in like 12 seconds, but orange Cassidy rolled out of the ring. So That's I love cool. that. That's what makes AEW so fucking great is that they don't just ignore shit and pretend that we forgot about it. Cause I think like even, even this case, a lot of people did forget about Powerhouse's debut. Like, who the fuck watches Dark? We watch Dark because we're fucking geeks. But it's like, <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> but it's like, I love that. They're like, okay, let's remind you about something that happened like a year and a half ago. It's just brilliant, and I'm I'm so glad that there's a company that actually does that and doesn't just ignore shit all the time. But um, yeah, I thought I this watched- match was fine. Yeah. So while I watched that pack match three times. I watched this match twice. Okay. Because when I got done with Rampage, I forgot who won. <laughs> so I had to go back. and Or I forgot how he won. The, the finish. You forgot the yeah, finish. Because that roll-up pin, I think, is kind of stupid. I think it's fine on other smaller wrestlers who are like Orange Cassidy's size. But like it's less, it's more believable that Orange Cassidy can punch Hobbs in the face, and Hobbs has a glass jaw, <laughs> than it is that he can get that he would be held down by that that move for as long as. Did he, he get wants. caught in the the mousetrap here? Yeah, I mean, yeah, putting him in the mousetrap was very sloppy. It wasn't like a, like a. I just couldn't understand why he couldn't kick out of it. It wasn't a surprise that he was in the mousetrap because it's was applied so slowly. Yeah. I'm kind of with him on that as his internet uh, fixes itself yet again. Um, I I would kind of agree with that. You know, I think the better finish might have been like, um, uh, I was just saying that the finish that I may have preferred, or maybe you as well here, is if like Orange Cassidy hit him with 
uh, the orange punch and he kicked out at one or something and hit him with like three more and, and the beach break to get the win. I don't know if he could pick her up with the beach break, but like three orange punches, I would have been be- maybe better than the mousetrap finish. That, but that could I, I happen if there's a third match between the two. But um, what I was thinking uh, is if, if, Orange Cassidy, that. if Orange Cassidy had won here with the orange punch, then if they had a round three later on, when he when Orange Cassidy hits the orange punch, it's like it's the it's his kryptonite. It's knocked him out twice before, yeah. and then he hits it in their third match when you're finally pushing Powerhouse Hobbs because you're not pushing him right now. He's a mid card, right. but when he's right. finally good enough to push him, he no sells it. Yeah, <laughs> like just no sells the punch. Like no sells, just stands there. <laughs> just like what? And everybody flips out and boom! Suddenly. Suddenly, he's just even. Or he could kick out at one. He could do do that where he hits him with and kicks out at one. Well, like I like him it's probably better. The worst punch, like fucking. I don't know. Like fucking Ishii. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know Ishii would no sell the orange punch. Absolutely, he would just stand there and be like, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> Everybody would be like, "Yes." Ah, yeah. Huge pop. But um, right now, I, I just it's, it'd be kind of it would kind of be like Miro how they're booking him with the the his DDT. The DDT in his neck is his kryptonite. Kind of wanted the orange punch to be Hobbs's kryptonite. Yeah. Like he's this monster guy, but for some reason, when this little guy punches him in the fucking jaw, <laughs> goes down. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, but, you know, until I thought this was... It. Until suddenly he does it. I thought that would right. be great. But sure. Yeah. You know, with the mousetrap and... It's it's what it is. It's fine. yeah. It is it is what it is. It's just some more to set up uh, Cassidy and Moxley. I think you know in the in the semifinal because like he ain't beating Moxley with the mouse trap. No, no. We we had that uh, angle a couple weeks ago where where uh, Moxley just murdered Wheeler Yuta. So I feel like they're kind of used that to set up Cassidy and Moxley, and then now they have to um, beat their respective opponents to to get to each other in the semifinal, which is what I it's, thought they should have done with Deeb and Sheeta. But, well, whatever. I just feel like Orange Cassidy has a lot of better moves. He even has a better roll-up pin that involves him putting his hands in his pockets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, or- Orange Cassidy is fucking great. Let's just, let's just be honest with each other. Absolutely he is. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we did. The mousetrap should be in a move that nobody can kick out of for some reason. <laughs> Everybody just gets caught in it. That's why it's called the mousetrap. The other move should be called the mouse trap. The one where he puts his hands in his pocket. <laughs> I don't know. Not the small cradle or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we did, we are going to get a few more of these. Uh, this was the f- first round in the, this tournament where the finals are going to be at full gear. Uh, the next few matches are getting Brian Danielson versus Dustin Rhodes, which should be fucking great. Uh, Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer. Uh, those matches are both happening tonight on Dynamite, which is starting here in just a little over an hour. Uh, and then John Moxley versus Ten next week in Boston. So let's, let's talk about Penta. Yeah, let's let's talk about Penta. Uh, we did have Penta and Alex Abrahantes coming out next, uh, being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Uh, Ray Phoenix selling his injuries from the finish of last week's match, so that's part of why he wasn't there. Uh, also, this was taped right after the uh, their match, so. That's obviously another reason why. Um, but they uh, he comes out, uh, they get interviewed, uh, they get distracted by these two geeks in the front row with green masks. 
uh, right away. <laughs> uh, and, uh, of course, he goes over to them, pulls the masks off. They're just a couple of geeks. Uh, then they get jumped by FTR and Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard punches Alex Abrahantes in the face, which got some heat with the crowd. And then uh, FTR pose with both the belts to sort of set up, most likely set up the match at full gear for the AEW titles, I would say. Um, and then the FTR will probably have a little bit of a run in AAA, but, you know, um, the, the feud right now, I think, is going to be geared towards the AEW titles. So, gonna yeah, I thought so this much was... heat in AAA. Yeah, they are. Like, I wonder oh, if they're kind of secretly giddy about how much heat they're going to get <laughs> when they go to Mexico. Maybe a little giddy. Maybe also a little terrified that they're going to get fucking murdered uh, on the <laughs> Streets of Tijuana, but um, <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, you gotta know that it, they, that doesn't really happen in wrestling anymore. I mean, it, it's not yeah. Mexico in the eighties. It's not, uh, but you if know, Jeff Jarrett got away, <laughs> winning the world, winning the AAA Mega Championship, and throwing tortillas at the audience members. Yeah, like yeah. totally, totally being offensive as hell, and them just kind of booing it, but loving it at the same time. Yeah, I gotta say, I love the gimmick that they're uh, guys that do not do flips uh, in a uh, organization that's primarily flips. It's fucking great. I love it. <laughs> uh, be, but really interesting when they defend those belts and there's like <laughs> eight sides to the ring. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be a little. They're gonna weird. be like, "Where's our tag rope?" Wait, right, right. <laughs> okay, wait, what is this fucking ring? There's literally eight different. What is? This? Goddamn hexagon or whatever, um, <laughs> or octagon, I guess is what it'd be. Um, but uh, yeah, so so they get sort of the beat down here uh, from FTR and Tully, and then uh, Pack runs out and makes the save, sort of chases them off. But uh, yeah, this is yeah, as you were saying, to further their story in AAA, but also I think to set up a rematch for the AW titles at the pay per view. So looking forward to that one. Nope, he originally. Uh, had better internet, but uh, not today. Not today. <laughs> um, yeah. So, oh, what one? Yeah. So we got what one more match to talk about, and then the angle at the end. Uh, yeah. There's there's Doctor Britt Baker uh, versus Anna J next, uh, which we don't have to say much about. I mean, I thought this was a really good match, to be honest. Um, for what it was, we didn't get all of it. We got a commercial break here in the middle, so it was like six minutes and fifty-one seconds total. But that's still longer than like three uh, WWE Queens Queen of the Ring tournament matches uh, combined. Um, but uh, the big takeaway here, I think, from this match, for me at least, was that I thought Anna Jay looked great in the in the ring here. I mean, we talk about like a mo- most improved wrestler award kind of deal. She is. She's been looked really great, and it's too bad that she was out with injury for so long because I think she'd be even better at this point. But I see a lot of potential in this Anna Jay, and you know, especially considering she's only like 23, 24, whatever it is. Um, really looking forward to seeing more of her in the future and more of Ty Conchi, who kind of came out to make the save here after the the loss and the beatdown from from uh, the Britt Baker uh, goon squad here, but. Um, now yeah, I'm looking forward it. to seeing. Now that I think about yeah, it, those wrestlers with buys must be um, the second to fifth ranked because Ty must be the first ranked, right? She's number yes. One yeah, I would guess so. I, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I would I would say that that makes sense. That because uh, this match was set about setting that match up. Yeah, yeah. Ty, even, Ty even though versus... I want to see more from this feud because it was just kind of set up in a backstage segment, and I I, I liked the idea of eventually getting like a, a Anna J in the Dark Order versus. Uh, Britt Baker and the Elite Man. And Adam Cole, yeah, like a mixed mixed gender type of deal. That'd be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, Ty, Ty has already jinxed herself here uh, by standing and posing with the belt. Uh, come on, you know, <laughs> you know that always results in the the, the champion retaining. So <clears throat> uh, that's that's what we did I don't here. Know. Get I here. bet Hangman's gonna do that, and he's gonna win the belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Sure. Um, sometimes there's, there's exceptions to the rule, you know, it's not always the case, but it's, it happens most of the time. Well, um, it's WWE anymore where it's yeah. always the rule. Yeah. Um, but we did get the announcement for the TBS tournament, which we sort of talked about already. Uh, and then we got the card announced for tonight's episode of AEW, uh, Dynamite, uh, which is on this, in this weird Saturday time slot again. Um, but, uh. Jungle Boy versus Brandon Cutler. Oh, man, there's a five-star match waiting to happen. Um, but uh, we got that. Uh, we also have uh, the two tournament matches that we talked about, Danielson versus Rhodes, Archer versus Kingston. Uh, and then we have uh, – there was a couple – there was actually another match that was announced by Tony Khan today. Anthony Green, a former NXT uh, guy. I forget what his name was over there. But he's going up against Bobby Fish. Uh, which feels like a match that probably happened on an NXT house show somewhere um, or just in the Performance Center. So that that match is happening tonight uh, as well. That was announced by by Tony Khan here just uh, a little bit recently. Um, But we also had the main event, uh, which we're going to sort of talk about here uh, as we had this angle that set it up. Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black 3. This is the third match that they're having. Uh, Cody... Drop in the first two. The first one pretty decisively in like six minutes. It was like a glorified squash. Uh, they had the match at at uh, in New York, which Cody also lost. Um, so you got the internet. Uh, you know how they are about Cody. Um, people yelling and screaming already if if Cody wins here tonight. Um, but we had the angle where the uh, sneak roll up finish by Pack beating Andrade. The lights go down. Uh, on and then come back up and Malachi Black is in the ring. Uh, he sprays uh, Pack here and uh, and sort of seemingly aligns with Andrade, if you could kind of call it that. Which you know these guys have had history in the past. If you're if you've been following NXT the last several years, um, so it's definitely an exciting potential team up there or um, rivalry. I don't not really sure. Um, the, Tony Khan has spoken about both of these guys being major draws for the company in the future. So um, I loved how they sort of set that up. And then you have Arn Anderson coming down with his, his Glock uh, and, and does that. And then uh, Cody comes back and, and sort of takes out the heels. And uh, crazy enough, does not get booed by the folks in uh, Miami. Uh, he's cheered. And uh, so I don't know if that's going to factor into ultimately what they do, but I'm curious to see this match tonight. I'm curious to see what how the internet is. I already know the internet's going to lose their fucking shit where, where if is Cody wins. But 
I believe it's in Orlando. I I will have to double check on that. Somebody in the chat correct me, but I think uh, I think it's in Orlando. I'm gonna I'm gonna double check while uh, Where, where's Cody's hometown. Tyler gives his thoughts. They are they are in Orlando. Where's Cody's last hometown? week? Last week was Miami. Uh, Cody Rhodes. I th- I want to say it was born somewhere. Uh, down south, yeah, uh, Marietta, Georgia. So you're talking like Atlanta. So I that's the hometown. That should be taking place in Cody's hometown, just to make Atlanta, sure, just to make sure he gets the cheers. Well, there's an Atlanta show coming up in uh, December, I believe, uh, and Cody is front and center on the poster for that. So, um, if if Cody were to get the win, I, I think maybe it should be against somebody else at that show. Uh, yes, Duluth, Georgia, Wednesday, December first is that is that show. But Cody should fight Andrade um, at that show. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I wouldn't mind that match. You, you know um, why? You and, know and that's Cody somebody cheered, you could put him over. Say again. You know, Cody, you know why Cody got cheered here? It wasn't because people like Cody. It's because Cody was saving Pac, and people like Pac. Could have been that. It could also been because this angle was not going to cheer if he hit him with that chair. Sure. I, I felt like a, a bunch of boos were about to erupt. Maybe, maybe. That chair, because that's that's just the extra. That's not saving a guy. That's just that's 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 a heel tactic. Yeah, yeah. There is that. I also think with AEW, a lot of the times the crowd just cheers because the angle is so fucking awesome. Yeah, and that might have been the case there because I thought this angle was fucking awesome and just an amazing way to. Talk, but yeah, it was that saved. Got cheered when he saved Cody that one time. Sure, yeah, but I mean, I was like, as I kind of wrap up here, I, I feel like this, uh, even though it aired last night, I mean, it was it was the second show that they taped last week in Miami, so it definitely felt like a go home angle for Dynamite almost. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, nonetheless, uh, just as awesome as we kind of been putting it over here, but um, overall. Maybe this episode of Rampage wasn't as good as, like, last week's, which I thought was, like, one of the best Rampage episodes that we've gotten so far. But I thought this was still a really solid show. I'd probably give it, like, a like a three and a half or four out of five if we're doing it that way. Or uh, maybe, like, a seven and a half out of ten because like, I usually like to go tip by ten. So, um, yeah, I, I'm really, really excited for, for Dynamite tonight and this match with Cody and Black. And I think that uh, – yeah, I think I think you put you put Malachi Black over uh, still. Uh, if Cody wins, he wins, and the internet will lose their minds. But I, I think the thing that makes the most sense is to have Malachi Black uh, win because he's just been booked as this unstoppable sort of monster so far, and I don't think they really should should halt that momentum. So, um, yeah, what about what about you, Tyler? Any any final thoughts on, on this and the whole Cody situation? Um, it was a good show, and I I said all my thoughts on Cody. And just, yeah. Have you seen uh, Tranquilo Club's piece on Cody recently? Uh, I think it was in, within the last like week or so. If anyone uh, watching this is AEW fan hasn't gone to Tranquilo Club on on YouTube, uh, this guy puts out some awesome video, like um, what do you even call it, like a narrative piece or or something? He just does these video little video video essays. Yeah, so he does absolutely amazing video essays and the most recent one was sort of about Cody and his downfall in the eyes of the fans so to say and a possible like heel turn is is something that he's predicting and he, he was even like on Twitter today going like if I take the L on this I take the L but I still stand by that Cody's going to be turning heel um, whether or not that be in this match or 
in a later match and later on in the year. Oh, Cody's we'll ever going to go full heel. But like, he's on too many other things. Like he's on a game show. He's on a. I I, I get it, but reason, like, there's a reason he doesn't come out through the heel or face entrance. There's a reason he, he comes, comes out the middle because he's the ultimate tweener. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess we could determine that that uh, Cody Rhodes is the ultimate tweener in AEW. I don't know if there's uh, that's I think that's a good summary to this whole uh, yeah. discussion. He's never gonna go full <laughs> heel. He's never going to go full heel. He's never going to challenge for that. Yeah, he's never going to go full heel. He's never going to challenge for that world title again, and uh, he is the ultimate tweeter in AEW. He he might do that. He he, he might do that just to troll you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that's going to wrap it up for us today, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in. As always, if you're watching this on Twitch, make sure to hit that follow button and subscribe if you can. Twitch.tv slash LGR Network. Uh, the, this also goes up on YouTube, so if you're watching on YouTube, on the replay there, make sure to hit uh, like, share, and uh, subscribe, and all that good stuff. And um, next week we will be back. Uh, I'm not sure if Tyler's going to be here. We'll see how his uh, his internet goes. Uh, but we got Chris Anthony Lopez on the show next week, uh, uh, as of right now. So that that'll be a good time. And uh, yeah, I think uh, that's it. We got Dynamite here starting in about uh, just about an hour. So. Uh, Make sure to watch that show tonight and then tune back in at 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, So that's 8 p.m. Pacific, uh, 11 p.m. Eastern. Myself and Charlie Widman uh, is back because Justin Hamilton will be working. So it'll be myself and Charlie Whitman uh, breaking down tonight's episode of Dynamite. So make sure to tune in for that. And uh, we will see you all again next time.